Civility in human relations among people, whether it's small groups or nations, is a really big deal. We're going to talk about it today, so stay with us. Well, welcome to All Things Apostolic. I am Dr. Nathaniel Wilson, and I am happy to be with you today. There's a lot of things happening in our society, and uh, some every once in a while, um, in maybe a more pensive moment, uh, I think about what is going on in our world and in our nation and um, in our nation, I think about sometimes the uh, different levels of civility in society that I have noticed throughout my life. Uh, of course, you and I live in a democracy, in a democracy or a republic, but, but we generally say democracy. Um, and in a democracy, for a democracy to work, you can't find many democracies in this world in which um, the Bible has not played a part. And uh, if it is a democracy in which the Bible is not strongly held, then um, it would usually be a derivative democracy, is what I would call it, off of one, in which the Bible, especially at its inception of the nation, uh, was a central piece and the central source from which much of justice came from and the laws that governed that nation and the freedoms and uh, the expressions of the value of the human being, of the human race, of everybody, and particularly of the value of the individual. So, that I can think of, or that I know of, or that I've ever read of, um, there is no society that placed the worth of the individual over the worth of the state. When you go through all the ancient empires, and when you look at all of them, uh, and to a great extent, the state was was first in power, especially in those that were strong dictatorial or um, uh, monarchies. The, the state took precedence over the individual. And um, democracy and some of the things that were in the Magna Carta all the way back to the 10th, 11th, uh, 12th century, uh, those things, uh, even to some extent, even the Senate of Rome uh, there began to be an understanding of the value of the individual. Of course, nothing brought that more pronounced than Jesus Christ, who showed to us the value of the individual. For the Son of Man has come to seek that which is lost, to seek and to save that which is lost. Luke uh, 19 and 10. So in a society where uh, the individual is valued, uh, it can cohere, it can become. But, for example, in our nation today, civility 
in society begins with a respect for each other, a respect for your neighbor, a respect for other people. And where there is a loss of respect, not only does civility decline, but like a canker, resentful feelings arise. And if not attended to, these can turn to hate. And people who once thought of them as together and they thought of themselves as of a particular group begin to dissemble into sides. And when the hate is high enough, the temptation to embrace violence um, arises and uh, people begin to uh, fight uh, against one another. So in America, at least, uh, regardless of whether people want this to be true or not, it is true in the history of America that the Bible and uh, uh, people who were expositors of the Bible uh, were the basis that we learned about civility, about the value of the individual, and uh, that people take precedence over processes. This was not without imperfections, we all know that, but in general, this is what was taught and brought the nation to a place of where people eventually had freedoms uh, that heretofore had not been experienced in any other land, especially when you talk about Western Europe. And when you combine progress with freedom, uh, there's by far no precedent of that for America and in general um, Western Europe and, and what it exported. Now, all of this was not without problems and all of this was not without imperfections and all of this was not without selfishness, which is part of the nature of man and greed and all of that. But in general, when you look back at history, you will see that people would have never had the opportunities to do the things that they have done since the rise of democracy. We see attacks on this throughout the world. Uh, we see people who we, we, we would consider to be um, unqualified in terms of knowledge of history, to know what the alternatives are. We see people who see the messiness of democracy, but uh, at the same time do not see that the messiness is uh, on purpose because there is a general knowledge that men and women cannot be trusted with ultimate power without restraints. And we don't have enough sense. We hate that. We, our, our pride wants to tell us that, well, just ask me and I'll answer it. But the truth is, um, our level of understanding of justice and judgment needs collaboration. So um, this, uh, this, this, this dissembling of society is seen in, for example, there was a poll last week from the University of Virginia that revealed that presently in America, uh, a majority of voters not only view the opposing party as a threat to the nation, but believe that embracing violence is justified to defeat their dangerous agenda. So one party feels now that there is like 
justification for violence. In my lifetime, the number of people who came to that point in the nation has always been limited to a few. While everyone experienced disagreements, and some strongly, Americans generally looked at neighbors as fellow citizens, regardless of their party. They understood the value of the nation to all and to the world. They knew that democracy was messy on purpose, that fallen humans need the counsel and restraint of one another. And um, uh, they knew their history well enough to know that violence among imperfect people does not uh, cure, but it exacerbates the problems of a society. And in many ways, we have had peace long enough that we don't know how to appreciate. We don't know the, the grossness that can come when those restraints are removed. So today, this is not a, a, a lesson on politics, but it is a, a taking a look at where we're living today. Uh, recently, there was 47% of Trump supporters that believe that Democrats are a threat to life in America. You say, well, that's, that's what I thought about Trump supporters. Well, 52% of Biden supporters believe the same about Republicans. And 41% of Biden supporters also believe that violence is... Uh, justified to stop Republicans from accomplishing their goals. You say, well, that's what I expect from Democrats. Well, 38%, almost exactly the same of Trump supporters, believe the same about the Democrats. So these things uh, that, have, that are developing today, uh, there's now a strong percentage that admit they think the nation should explore alternative forms of government. There was one news commentator that asserted that the U.S. Constitution was trash and argued that it ought to be thrown out. And professors from, this is true, professors from Harvard and Yale and others have stated similar things. Others say the Constitution itself has become the problem with the country. Professors call for President Biden to just ignore the Supreme Court and to defy uh, the rulings of the court, in the name of constitutional populism, whatever that is. So others have even questioned the need for the Supreme Court. So these are uh, signals, perhaps, of the disintegration of a democratic nation. At least they are dangerous signs. It's long been believed that Faith is necessary for democracies to survive, that, that the Bible itself is necessary for a democracy to survive. Faith in its documents and processes, faith in one another, and faith in God. So what is the answer to these things, especially for you and I, as if you are an apostolic Pentecostal as I am, what is the answer? Well, <clears throat> for you and I who are followers of Jesus, who is the ultimate leader and the only perfect leader in the history of mankind. 
For followers of Jesus, the answer is to refuse to be pushed off the ground which says every human being has value. Every human being has value. And the fact that we may not agree with somebody, we may even radically disagree with another. This, from our standpoint, does nothing to dilute the love of Christ from flowing through us to them. Now, this is challenging. And it also creates a certain amount of restraint. For example, how far can you become involved in a political argument how how much how 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 much how close do you come to you are threatening another human being so our understanding of the value that uh, a person is not based on their understanding of human value um, or lack thereof it doesn't matter if they understand human value i mean it matters to the nation it matters to society but it should not matter to us. It, we continue to love whoever they are. And we continue to believe that within them is a seed of potential because we believe they're made in the image of God and that that can be ignited at any point. It could be ignited in somebody that looks incorrigibly impossible that they would ever be anything except a thug or a terrorist or whatever uh, thing we may be talking about. Nothing that is existing, nothing existential, must be allowed to move us from the knowledge that we are not fighting people, but rather we are fighting spiritual forms of darkness which are evil and which deal in delusion and death. Our value of an in individual is not based on what they do, but rather it's based on the fact that they are made in the image of God. However tarnished that may have become, uh, we are reconcilers. That's what we do as disciples of Jesus, reconcile mankind, humankind to God. Our convictions are not based on political intrigue or tradition or personal choice, or temporary fixes. We are given a ministry of reconciliation for every man and every woman. So where do I stand on immigration? Well, I have an opinion about immigration, but my opinion about immigration is not what I talk about. Because immigration, if there are people that are immigrated illegally to America, and there are thousands where I live, if that is true, then I'm going to work to see them saved as individuals and to see them become and, and experience the worth that comes with being a human individual. I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to preach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to show love. And uh, that may take some social forms. The love may take some social forms doesn't mean that I think social programs are the answer, but anything, any of that. So political intrigue in my life and yours and worldly manipulations, they're outside of our lane. This is outside of our lane. We, that's not where we travel. That's not the road we traverse. 
and we don't lift our voice in the streets and we don't quench a smoking flax. We don't, we, we value, we value because that's our ministry. We're not saying that human government does not have to deal with things and deal with things with force. I think scripture would back that up. I think history would back that up. But our answers are authentic and ours are absolutely dependable. And and we bear the spirit of the one who is the answer for everything. We are about humans and we're about the human race. We are about their lives uh, in the present as well as eternal destinies. The things we renounce are because they are they devalue or they deform or they destroy humans and therefore we preach against them. And these human possibilities that we talk of, this these, these negative things, these sins, uh, they are destructive of that. We're about humans. We're about humans reaching their possibilities. To reach their possibilities, they have to have the right human father, the one that rose from the dead as opposed to Adam the first, Adam uh, the last, the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam, the second man. This is all part about humanity. This is a part about us being humans with a new daddy, humans by adoption, humans in a family that will never die. And so we are about things of ultimate concern. We're about things of ultimate concern. We don't worry about the city water systems. We don't worry about the roads. We don't worry about, that's not of ultimate concern. We may have a job there, but that's not the things that we're ultimately worried about. In fact, we get involved in those things as spiritual leaders only to the degree that they're connected to issues of ultimate concern. And so uh, other things are of interest only as they swivel and pivot around these ultimate realities. This is who we are. This is what we do. We never stop loving. We never stop caring. We do not allow people's hatred toward us to make us respond in kind. These understandings stand at the root of a righteous civilization, civilization that can help other people to find the truth. And this is what we are about. Okay, we may play that.